So we're opening back to Genesis this evening. Uh, I say back because we were in Genesis a little while ago, and this message, this scripture will relate to that. Uh, Genesis 48, 15. And uh, it's going to relate to some things we've looked at before. Uh, If you're there, I'm going to go ahead and read that one verse, and then we're going to look at a little bit around it. We will do a little bit of extra flipping and reading things today. Uh, so please be ready for that. We'll be, a lot of times I like to spare you having to flip around and I'll give it to you, but there's a few, few extra times we'll do that this evening. But for now, I just want to read verse 15 of Genesis 48, and I'm, I'm hoping it'll sound familiar to you in terms of an earlier Genesis verse a little while ago. Hear now the word of the Lord, Genesis 48, verse 15. And he blessed Joseph and said, God, before whom my fathers Abraham and Isaac did walk, the God which fed me all my life long unto this day. Uh, Who is speaking? It's Jacob. Jacob is speaking near the end of his life. Uh, It's almost a, a deathbed blessing. And he's speaking to Joseph. He's blessing Joseph, but as we'll see, he's even blessing beyond Joseph, and he's really bringing the blessing of the patriarchs before him. But he says something in this verse that we've looked at recently before, and uh, I think it'd be a blessing to look at the connection. Well, this morning, uh, the message was about being still before the Lord, Psalm 46, verse 10. That often looks like how you pour out your hearts like water before the face of the Lord. Uh, We considered that with lamentations recently as well. And then it often looks how and where you get up and walk. As in his watchful presence. Walking aware of and thankful for to be walking always in his watchful presence and mindful that your children and your grandchildren will be learning how to walk from you. The greatest blessing Christian fathers can give their sons and sons' sons is passing on their walk before the face of the Lord, trusting and testifying that he always provides to his people of the covenant. It's a little bit long, but I give that to you as the idea of our text in its context and the connection where we were earlier that we'll go back to. The greatest blessing that Christian fathers can give to their sons and sons' sons is passing on their walk before the face of the Lord, trusting and testifying that he always provides to his people of the covenant. The blessing is one that's passed on here from Jacob's fathers through him to his son and his son's sons. It's a way to walk that he's passing on. And it's a way for the sons to pick up and follow. It's a way to walk. And the message about this walk tonight is particularly to you, the children of the church. Are we all listening, children? Now, it's not that everyone else is excluded. 
But just like a few weeks ago, this message is especially for you. So children of the church, walk after your fathers before God. That's the message for you this evening. Certainly for all of us, especially our children of the covenant, walk after your fathers before God. We often speak of how children are a spitting image of their father, an apple off the same tree. Often we recognize the same facial features and even expressions, uh, physical traits, including the way we move, and including the way we speak, including the way we think and live. In fact, uh, there's a book I just finished from our church I'm using on another topic, and I, I won't bother you with the topic now, but it's interesting how he said he had a, he had a friend uh, in America that would go back to the Netherlands regularly because of his Dutch descent. And because he knew so many people where he lived of Dutch descent, and he knew so many families in that area, he would just be walking down the road somewhere in the Netherlands, and he would see someone say, hey, you're so-and-so's father, aren't you? Or you're so-and-so's, you must be from so-and-so's family. And he was always right, but he'd never met the person. Because of the way they look, because of the way they move, there is this natural connection that should be there. Sometimes we uh, see... Uh, sons walking in their father's shoes around the house. That's kind of cute, right? You know, and you just hope they don't trip and break their teeth, but they want to be like their dad. Or sometimes we see them trying to hop through their footprints of their steps along the beach. It is the way things should be. It's the way things are. And it should be a godly gate that we're passing on to you. Jacob is on his deathbed in this text. And he's giving a blessing to his son, Joseph. It is a blessing also to his grandsons. Look at verse 16. The angel which redeemed me from all evil, bless the lads, and let my name be named on them, and the name of my fathers, Abraham and Isaac, and let them grow into a multitude into the midst of the earth. This is a continuation of the promise and the blessing and the concern and the desire. Uh, It's connected to his fathers. And he's praying a blessing not only on Joseph, but on Joseph's sons here. He's about to bless Ephraim and Manasseh with his hands on their heads. He's seeking to especially give a blessing to them through Joseph and on behalf of Joseph. Notice he's also reflecting on the angel. Look here again at verse 16. The angel which redeemed me from all evil. The angel which redeemed me from all evil. What's he talking about here? Let's turn back to chapter 31, verses 1 through 11. Chapter 31, verses 1 through 11. Genesis chapter 31, verses 1 through 11. This is what he's referring to in part. And he heard the words of Laban's son, saying, Jacob hath taken away all that was our father's, and of that which was our father's hath he gotten all this glory. And Jacob beheld the countenance of Laban, and behold, it was not toward him as before. And the Lord said unto Jacob, Return unto the land of thy fathers, and to thy kindred, and I will be with thee. And Jacob sent and called Rachel and Leah to the field unto his flock and said unto them, I see your father's countenance and that it is not toward me as before, 
but the God of my father hath been with me. And ye know that with all my power I have served your father, and your father hath deceived me, and changed my wages ten times, but God suffered him not to hurt me. And he said, Thus the speckled shall be thy wages, then all the cattle bear speckled, and if said thus, the ring straked shall be thy hire, then bear all the cattle rings straked. Thus God hath taken away the cattle of your father and given them to me. And it came to pass at the time that the cattle conceived that I, was lift, that I lifted up mine eyes and saw in a dream. And behold, the rams which leaped upon the cattle were ring-straked, speckled, and grizzled. And the angel of God spake unto me in a dream, saying, Jacob. And I said, Here am I. Let's skip to verse 13. I am the God of Bethel, where thou anointest the pillar, and where thou vowest a vow unto me. Now arise, get thee out from this land, and return unto the land of thy kindred. So this is what he's speaking about in a dream, but it's the angel. And I would venture to think without having given it close enough attention to say for sure, but it seems like it would be the angel of the Lord. I have to revisit earlier sermons. But notice he's saying, the God of my fathers, I pass this blessing on to you. I was reminded that God is still with me because of the God of my fathers. I continue to carry on their faith and walk before the Lord. But remember, for Jacob, he was gone for a long time. His walk had a bit of a detour for about two decades because of his issues that God needed to kind of beat out of him and polish him and and, uh, of course, have his wife, but he was gone for a long time. And even as he comes back, he's going to be afraid to come back because of Esau. Because what he did, his deceit, you know, and his name Jacob means the, the surplanter. But now God says to him, your name will be Israel, which is Prince of God. And so, of course, and he says, if, now I know God is with me. I'll surely do this because God is with me. God has shown himself to me. And so later in his life, near the end, he's, he's giving a testimony to his covenant children as he passes on the blessing. You can trust God. You must walk before God. Just like Abraham, just like Isaac walked before the face of the Lord. He's testifying that he did too. Even though he wasn't sure whether the Lord would be with him, but the Lord confirms and he refers to it with this angel in verse 16 that he will. Uh, it is a blessing of a walk before the face. Literally, back in our text, we'll go back. You can stay. We're going to go further back in Genesis in a moment. But Genesis forty-eight fifteen, our text this evening, it's literally before the face. When it says before the Lord, it's almost always, if not completely in the Hebrew, literally before the face of the Lord. So so is that sense of being in the presence of someone, in this case, the Lord. And so he says... My father Abraham, my father Isaac walked before the face of the Lord. And he's talking about God's faithfulness to them and to him. And he's saying to the next, and he will be to you. Which is also, of course, a call to walk before the face of the Lord. It's his father's blessing he's passing on to be their legacy now. It began in chapter 17, and while we turned there recently, let's, let's turn there again. Genesis 17, verse 1. We'll come back to our text in a moment. Genesis 17, verse 1. And when Abraham was 90 years old and nine, the Lord appeared to Abram and said unto him, I am the Almighty God, walk before me. 
and be thou perfect. Now, of course, he was called earlier uh, in chapter 12. He was called to begin this walk that would leave where he knew, go to where he didn't even know where he was going. But here in chapter 17, we have this idea of uh, walking before me. I'm still here, Abraham. And I call upon you to walk before me. And of course, what happens in this chapter? I'm going to give you a sign of the covenant for your children. At this point, only marked on boys. But the sign of being part of the church, of the family of God, the covenant. It's a sign of God's faithfulness, not only to Abraham, but to his children. It's a sign because he said, your seed will be like the sand of the seashore, the dust of the earth, the stars of the universe. And the covenant sign, now baptism over our children, is that same promise to Abraham and his descendants. Not just uh, by physical descent, but of course, most importantly, by faith. As we know from Galatians, those who are truly his children are those with faith in Christ. But it still relates to and involves our children on the whole. He began to be, this, excuse me, this walk God calls him before him, uh, walk before me, Abraham, in Genesis 17.1, it begins to get testified to in chapter 24. Look with me there. That's where we were uh, a few weeks ago. Uh, chapter 24, verse 40. And it was this verse that had caught my attention, and I wanted to come back to see its connection with our text tonight in chapter 48. Uh, Genesis 24, excuse me, verse 40. And he said unto me, so again, this is Abraham's servant who's been sent to find a wife for Isaac. And he's there about to bring Rebekah back. And he's giving the testimony of all the amazing things God has been doing. Even Laban says, who can say this is not of God, right? And he's, he's giving a testimony. And he says in verse 40, and he said unto me, this is what Abraham said to me. The Lord before whom I walk will send his angel, notice the angel again, will send his angel with thee and prosper thy way, and thou shalt take a wife for thy son of my kindred and of my house, my father's house. So notice there's a little bit of concern. The context is, but what if I can't find one? And you're making it clear, you made me swear not to bring a Canaanite. What if I can't find one or she won't come? He says, well, then you're off the hook. But then he kind of says clearly here, but God will provide a wife. I've been walking before him all my life. He's promised to build a nation around the world for God in Christ through Isaac. He'll provide. And how do I know? Because I've been walking before his face. As he talks about walking before his face, it's not really so much about patting his own back, but giving praise to the Lord with his hands that God is faithful. And, you know, Abraham, like all of them, like all of us, he hasn't walked a perfect walk. But he's been walking before the face of the Lord. That includes times of repentance. That includes times of change. But being with God, walking before his face, is where you want to be walking all your life. And we see that passed on. I want to remember Abraham's actions from that text. Abraham's actions and affirmations toward his family were a conscious walk with God Before his guiding, watchful presence. And the sermon was this. Let your life be a walk before the face of the Lord. We thought about even at the end of our lives. And Jacob's giving this testimony at the end of his life with his blessing. May it be said of us, my father, my mother walked before the face of the Lord. 
And may that be what compels them to follow in our footsteps. Jacob's life, remember, was a longer one due to not walking the same for a while. But he rejoiced that God kept him. Verse 16 is really that testimony. The angel of the Lord, God affirmed to me as I was coming back. He's going to take care of me. He's going to bring me back in the promised land. I can't believe I get to go back. And there's a number of these theophanies along the way of God affirming to him. Which he needed that affirmation. Just as Peter needed it after denying Christ. And he got it three times. Feed my sheep. Notice it's a testimony uh, left behind that Jacob testifies to. Both of Abraham and Isaac. Uh, let's go back to our text. Genesis 48 verse 15. And he blessed Joseph and said, God, before whom my fathers... Abraham and Isaac did walk the God which fed me all my life long unto this day. Notice he says, my fathers, uh, he's including Abraham, his grandfather. But there's that close connection of covenant that we always see here, including with the grandfathers. And he says they both, Abraham we know, but now we know from Jacob the same is said of Isaac. Isaac picked up where Abraham left off. Walk before the face of God. He's saying something else. Really, he's focusing on, but just like the servant, he's recognizing God's testimony, God's faithfulness. And so, within that context, God is providing. And that walk before the face of the Lord is to know one will be taken care of by the Lord. I think that's the main thing being emphasized. Because then what does he say? Who fed me all my life long unto this day. I've been walking before the face of the Lord, even though my walk was a bit circuitous because of the way the Lord had to deal with me. But he dealt with me. He was always with, I was always in his presence. His good fatherly care included his discipline to train me and prepare me better to go back. But he says, the Lord who fed me all my life long unto this day. Just as in 2440, Abraham was sure that God would provide Isaac a wife. And he did because his walk through life always provided this through promise and providence. So Jacob is providing through his blessing as they all trust in God for this life and the life to come. Now remember the context, it's in Egypt. And God provided through Joseph for Jacob and the family. God sent him down ahead to be able to provide for them to make it through to survive this incredible seven-year famine. And while the rest of the world in the area is blessed by it, it's particularly said in Genesis, it's for the church. It's for Jacob. It's interesting, God fed me all my life, including through that famine, when he sent you ahead of me, my son, so that I wouldn't starve to death and neither would your family. It's tremendous to think about. He fed me all my life in ways I couldn't imagine. And at the time, I just didn't understand, thought you were dead. And I was crying and I didn't want to believe you were alive when I learned you were. But he was doing all this. Remember also that Joseph is a type of Christ. And all that he's done for us. God had already taken care of them in incredible ways through sending Joseph ahead of them even through difficult providences. God will provide. And the Hebrew word for fed in our text, when he says, 
You know, he's basically saying, I walked before his face all my life too, and therefore all my life long he has fed me even unto this day. He's always taking care of me. The Hebrew word for fed could be translated shepherded or pastured. And in fact, in Psalm 23, 1, it is. When it says, the Lord is my shepherd, you might remember in Psalm 23, 1, it could more literally be the Lord, the one who shepherds me. Or the one who is shepherding me. It's the same Hebrew word for fed here in our text. Of course, a significant part of the shepherding is feeding the sheep. But of course, not only that, God has taken care of me in all these ways as I've walked before his face. And so, covenant children, as you walk the same walk of your covenant fathers before the Lord, you shall not want Your testimony will be that of your fathers and generations before who walked before the face of the Lord by following Jesus Christ as the author and finisher of your faith. Your testimony will be that of Psalm 37. I have been young and now am old, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. Children of the covenant, children of Christ's church, remember this. And now you walk before the face of God. You walk before the face of the Lord with the God of your fathers as a testimony to your children to learn and follow after you. Be able to say Exodus 15 too, another time of God's incredible provision and deliverance. The Lord is my strength and song. And he is become my salvation. He is my God and I will prepare him an habitation. My father's God and I will exalt him. I want to remind you, this was the text of one of the sermons when Abraham, the Lord's Day that Abraham graduated to communicant membership last fall. The other sermon that day in the evening was uh, Psalm 116. Might have been the morning, I forget which was which. Psalm 116. The message basically reminds you, covenant children, to let verse 9 of Psalm 116 be the theme song of your life. I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. And as I say that, I just realized we forgot to sing Psalm 116 before the sermon, so we'll go ahead and close with that as our closing sermon, beloved. And children of the church born into the covenant, heed the warning of 1 Samuel 2, verse 30. Wherefore, the Lord God of Israel saith, I said indeed that thy house and the house of thy father should walk before me forever. But now, the Lord saith, be it far from me, for them that honor me I will honor. And they that despise me shall be lightly esteemed. Be not covenant breakers. Be covenant keepers and do not despise your birthright. And remember, Joseph is getting this special blessing for his sons. He was his father's favorite son. Why? 
He was his most obedient servant with all of his needs. He was a type of Christ who said to do my father's will, I delight. Of Psalm 40. Children of the church especially, have this be your heart and legacy. 1 Kings chapter 2, verse 4. Would you turn with me? We're going to go to 1 Kings. We're going to go to Chronicles as well. 1 Kings chapter 2, verse 4 to begin with. 1 Kings chapter 2, verse 4. We're seeing this transition of the kingdom. We want to recognize some similar sentiments and expressions, not only of the fathers, but as of the children as they pick it up. 1 Kings chapter 2, verse 4. As David is near death, Solomon begins to uh, say and hear things. And, uh, he's told in verse 3, actually, keep the charge of the Lord thy God to walk in his ways. David is saying this, excuse me, to uh, Solomon. I think we should have verse 3 in mind as well. He says to his son, keep the charge of the Lord thy God to walk in his ways, to keep his statutes and his commandments and his judgments and his testimonies, as it is written in the law of Moses, that thou mayest prosper in all that thou doest and whithersoever thou turnest thyself. Sounds a lot like Deuteronomy we've been going through. Verse 4, that the Lord may continue his word which he spake concerning me, saying, if thy children take heed to their way to walk before me in truth with all their heart and with all their soul. That sounds like Deuteronomy. There shall not fail thee, said he, a man on the throne of Israel. So David's passing this on to Solomon. Called to walk before the face of the Lord. And he qualifies what that looks like in verse 3. Living his commandments. Walking in his ways. Now look ahead to chapter 8 where Solomon is taking on the kingdom and dedicating the temple. And notice his lovely prayer as he's got these things from David fresh in his mind. Chapter 8 verses 23 to 25. And he said, Lord God of Israel, there is no God like thee in heaven above or on earth beneath who keepest covenant and mercy with thy servants that walk before thee with all their heart. Who has kept with thy servant David my father that thou promised him. Thou spakest also with thy mouth and hast fulfilled it with thine hand as it is this day. Therefore now Lord God of Israel keep with thy servant David my father that thou promisedest him saying. There shall not fail thee a man in my sight to sit on the throne of Israel. So that thy children take heed to their way that they walk before me. As thou hast walked before me. See, King Solomon is praying this of what David charged him with. Walk before the face of the Lord. He's dedicating the temple. He's taking on the kingdom as the next king. And he's saying, please, Lord, let that be that we would walk before your face. As King David and my father has charged us. And notice all the language going way back before David about what they're reflecting on. Remember this truth he expressed for your prayer and conviction, thinking of your covenant fathers who have given you the steps of a walk of faith to follow in. I want to ask you to turn with me now to Second Chronicles. And 
We're going to go back to 2 Kings in a moment, but pass that to 2 Chronicles with me. And after this, you can set back and I'll, I'll just be sharing some other scriptures with you that you won't need to do this. But I want you to see this for yourself. 2 Chronicles 6, 14 to 16. And said, O Lord God of Israel, there is no God like thee in the heaven nor in the earth, which keepest covenant and showest mercy unto thy servants that walk before thee with all their hearts. Thou which hast kept with thy servant David my father, that which thou hast promised him, and spakest with thy mouth, and hast fulfilled it with thine hand, as it is this day. Now therefore, O Lord God of Israel, keep with thy servant David my father, that which thou hast promised him, saying, There shall not fail thee a man in my sight to sit upon the throne of Israel, yet so that thy children take heed to their way to walk in my life law as thou hast walked before me. It's it's a parallel to, to our scripture we saw in Kings, but notice this concern to carry on from our fathers to walk before the Lord. Now I want you to look ahead with me to chapter 34 to another king and see how this is the kind of thing that we want to keep seeing. And by God's grace, we do keep seeing in the church. Chapter 34, verse 31. Chapter 34, verse 31. King Josiah. And after we look at this, I'm going to want to look with you uh, at uh, something that's said about him in 2 Kings. But Josiah is now here. Chapter 31, uh, excuse me, 34, verse 31 of 2 Chronicles. And the king stood in his place and made a covenant before the Lord to walk after the Lord, and to keep his commandments and his testimonies and his statutes with all his heart and with all his soul to perform the words of the covenant which are written in this book, likely referring to Deuteronomy, if not the whole scriptures. He is bringing the church to a revival, a reformation, and it is one of repentance. It is one of saying, We will walk before the face of the Lord again. He's one of the few good kings that reflects the same concern to carry on the walk of our fathers. And we will walk. And it's a prayer and request that the Lord will help us do it. Now that's King Josiah. I want you to see something that's said about him in particular in 2 Kings chapter 22. 2 Kings chapter 22. First Verse 2. 2 Kings 22, verse 2. And David commanded to gather together this... Oh, excuse me, that is not correct. Uh, oh, you know what? I didn't go far enough back. I'm in First Chronicles, excuse me. I didn't think that looked right, excuse me. Second uh, Kings uh, 22, beginning with verse 2. My apologies. Let me go ahead and start with verse 1. Josiah was eight years old. Notice that. Eight years old when he began to reign. And he reigned 30 and one years in Jerusalem. And his mother's name was Jedidah, the daughter of Adiah of Basgath. And he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord. And walked in all the ways of David, his father, and turned not aside to the right hand or to the left. Notice David, his father. David's not his immediate father, not even his immediate grandfather. 
But you see this connection of the faith of our fathers. He walked in all the ways, doesn't turn to the right or to the left, which, by the way, that sounds a lot like Deuteronomy recently as well, right? And uh, he's, the way he walks, now, of course, you know that there's this issue, just like in Judges, of good and bad kings. And sadly, so many times what is said of a bad king is they walked in the way of his father, which was to walk according to the world and the idols of foreign lands. And it is the reason for all the problems they had. But once in a while, you'd get this glorious, fresh renewal of somebody like Hezekiah and Josiah. It says, walked in the ways of his father, David. Didn't turn from the right or to the left. Now I want you to turn with me to verses 23 to 25 of that chapter. Uh, pardon me, it must have been chapter 23. I'm sorry, I'm... Uh, Having some challenges here tonight. I'm going to have to come back to it. I will send you a little note about it. Oh, no, it's chapter 23. Excuse me. Okay. (laughs) That is what I have written, but my eyes are uh, not working too good. Chapter 23, verse 35. That still doesn't seem right to me. Let me go back to... uh, Ah, I got it right. Excuse me, I'm, I'm, I'm having a little trouble tracking here. It is chapter 23, verse 25. Thanks for your patience. And like unto him, was there no king before him that turned to the Lord with all his heart, and with all his soul, and with all his might, the great Shema, according to all the law of Moses, neither after him arose there any like him. Here's what's striking to me about that. There's no king before him, so apparently even David, or after him, that, what does it say? Turned to the Lord. Well, instead of David, he had a heart after God. And we see in Psalm 51 this heart that's willing to turn back to the Lord after sin. But Josiah is especially highlighted. There's no king before or after him that had such a time of repentance and leading people in repentance. Turning back to the Lord. That's what repentance is. Turning away from sin and back to the Lord. To walk with the Lord and no longer be walking where we don't belong. That's what we're looking for for you covenant children. That's what we're calling you into. And when life seems to be about to walk all over you. Pray Hezekiah's prayer. 2 Kings 20 verse 3. Uh, reflected also in Isaiah 38, verse 3. I beseech thee, O Lord, remember now how I have walked before thee in truth and with a perfect heart and have done that which is good in thy sight. And Hezekiah wept sore. But God answered that prayer positively. And trust the promise of Jeremiah 6, verse 16. Thus saith the Lord, stand ye in the ways, and see, and ask for the old paths, where is the good way, and walk therein. And ye shall find rest for your souls. Remember that. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 7 says that just like Abraham who answered God's call to walk to a place where he did not yet know. Hebrews 11 verse 8, walk by faith, not by sight. Further, covenant children of the church, 
Your walk in the faith of your fathers before the face of God should be like the following. Here's a little help to to spell out what it needs to look like. Mostly it's trusting God, walking in his presence. It's trusting he'll provide and feed you all your life. So don't let your walk stray away from his presence. But here's some scriptures in the New Testament to guide your walk. Galatians 5, 16 and 25, walk in the spirit, not fulfilling lusts of the flesh, but bearing the spirit's fruit. Ephesians 2, 10, walk in the good works that have been ordained by God for you before the foundation of the world to do in Christ as the fruit of the gift of your faith. Ephesians 4, verse 1, Walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called. Ephesians 5 verse 2. Walk in love as Christ loved us. Ephesians 5 verse 8. Walk as children of light. Ephesians 5, 15 to 16. See then that ye walk circumspectly, carefully, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Philippians 3, 16 to 17. We were there not long ago in the evening sermons. Nevertheless, and this is in our bulletin part of it, whereto we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule. Let us mind the same thing. Brethren, be followers together of me and mark them which walk. So as ye have us for an ensample. Colossians 1 verse 10, walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Colossians 2 6, walk in Jesus Christ whom ye have received. Colossians 4 verse 5, walk in wisdom toward them that are without, outside of the church. Redeeming the time. 1 Thessalonians 2 verse 12. Walk worthy of God. 1 Thessalonians 4 verse 1. Walk to please God. 1 Thessalonians 4 verse 12. Walk honestly. 1 John Verses 6 and 7, do not walk in darkness, but walk in the light. 1 John 2, walk in him. You could say, it's almost like the verse, walk before the face of the Lord. Walk in Christ who calls on you, follow me. 2 John 6, walk in in his commandments. And let this also motivate you. What your fathers of the faith will surely say as they bless you to go on in their footsteps as they prepare to walk into the promised land ahead of you. 
Let them be able to say this and trust they will as you walk before the face of the Lord. Third John, verse 4. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. For further encouragement and example, hear what is said of Zacharias and Elizabeth regarding being given their child in old age as they served in the temple, John the Baptist, who would prepare the way of the Lord. Luke 1 verse 6 says of John the Baptist's parents, and they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord, blameless. Covenant children, let this be your testimony. You leave to your children and to theirs. The seed of Abraham by faith, the seed of Christ and his church, in faith, in love, in repentance, walk after your fathers before God. That's the message again for you this evening based on our text, especially directed to our covenant children, growing up in the church, raised in Christ. Walk after your fathers before God. Let us pray. Lord, we do ask that you would let this be our testimony and our children's testimony and their children and their children's testimony until you return as the seed of Abraham by faith and by covenant that you would make our children indeed holy and that you would let them know you and what it is to walk before your face as they would see our walk before your face with all of our stumbles, yet faith in you, sorrow and repentance, trust in you to provide. Oh Lord, bless them to walk before your face and part the waters before them too. Help them to walk by faith often when there is nothing to see before them. And let them be blessed by their walk before you and their race for Jesus Christ, the author and finisher of their faith. And let there be that legacy with the fathers of generations before them. And the generations of children that would become, from, become fathers after them. We lift out our hands as it were and touch their heads as it were and pray this blessing and give them this testimony and call upon them to walk after their fathers before God. And we pray you would bless this work all their days and feed them all their life long. In Jesus' name we pray and all your people said, covenant men, women, covenant boys and girls. Amen.